Hello, my name is Dylan Arvella and welcome to the Football South Coast Weekly for Round 11. This week we are joined by South Coast United player coach Greg Vallich while we also hear from District League coaches Rod Williams from Top of the Table Coniston and Mark Vinton who of course coaches Oak Flats who have had an upturn in results over recent weeks. We also talk with South Coast Flame captain Matt White after his side's late defeat to Hurstville FC. And with that, let's get into the show. That's a dink over the top. Oh, it's something special. And that's why there's so much optimism about him. As always, we will begin the show by previewing the Illawarra Mercury Premier League. And it is round 11, which means it's the final round of the first half of the regular season. Joining me is player coach of South Coast United, Greg Vallage. Thanks for coming on. Happy to be here. And football South Coast reporter, Cal Barron. Also, thanks to you for coming in. Thanks for having me. First of all, Greg, South Coast United finally got on the board after a, a long wait, to be to be truthful. Um, I'm sure the, uh, the mood at the Dandy Hotel afterwards would have been a bit better. Yeah, it was... It was a long time coming and it's difficult you when you're playing every week and you're not getting any reward for, for the amount of hard work you're putting in and even though it was a point um, we really need to pick up three points at, at some stage pretty soon but the point uh, definitely lifted the mood a little bit and uh, I think we're looking forward to this weekend's game. Considering you were behind in the second half, I believe, uh, the fact you were able to come back and secure the point rather than, so, say, the other way around, losing a lead, yes, that yeah. must be also pretty encouraging. Well, we, we conceded really late, and I thought it was a case of deja vu that, that oh man, we're going to let this slip in the last five minutes, but to, the, to our credit, we really fought right to the end and created a few chances in the last few minutes, and, and we were able to get one at the end, and people were saying to me after the game, you know, that... I, that it was their opinion that it was two points lost on our behalf, but to come back twice from a goal down, I think we have to be happy with a point, and, and fingers crossed the three points are coming soon. Yeah, hopefully from your perspective, that's something that you guys can build upon. So we'll, we'll be talking about the Illawarra Mercury Premier League shortly, but first we're going to have a quick chat about the FFA Cup, Tarawana's seventh round match, uh, which is at 7.30pm on Wednesday night at Macedonia Park. Their opponents... Our MPL one side, Hakoa Sydney City East, uh, Cal. Uh, you're going to tell me a bit more about them. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> I've, uh, yeah, I've, so I've done a bit of research into Hakoa. Um, they're currently sitting in seventh in the MPL one, uh, one spot behind Wollongong. Um, and if, but they've you know they've bounded up the leagues in the last few years. They they did take on Albion Park. What's interesting though, they took on the White Eagles last year in the sixth round, ended up beating them on penalties. I think it was four two after a three all draw. Um, more recent league fixtures, they've been a little bit rough. They beat Sydney 3-1 in the last round, but they lost 3-1 to Appia and 3-0 to Rockdale. Um, so they're kind, of, they're kind of sitting in mid-table at the moment, just outside the playoff spots. Um, but their cup run, the game against Taiwan is probably their, in brackets, easiest match of the bunch they've had so far. They've taken out Mounties Wanderers 2-0 in the sixth round, Sutherland Sharks 2-0 in the fifth round, and Bankstown City 3-1 in the fifth round. So they've had pretty high, high-tier opponents. So... Hopefully, Tarawana can give them a bit of a run for their money. So what you're saying is they might be a bit overconfident heading into this one. I, th- I reckon they'd be pretty complacent, to be honest. Also interesting, though, Hakoa also have a full, former Wollongong United player in Takayuki Noji, uh, who played for United last season, so he'll be returning to Macedonia Park. Um, Football News of Wales put together a short video of the Blueies after their win over Kiriwi. Let's have a listen to the audio from that one. The 
it's a journey of what we want to continue um, and we'll do as best we can and hope to go as far as we can. Oh, it's exciting, I think for everyone, every player you you strive to be one the best you can and, and play play the best team. So um, whoever we come up against in round seven, we'll go out there and we'll, like I said we'll try to win we'll try to win the game. Doesn't matter who we're up against, it's eleven v eleven. So if we play our game, um, I'm confident we can hold our own. And obviously next round um, we probably get in one of the big bigger clubs from the state league. So you know it's a it's a learning curve as well for some because we've got a number of young lads in the squad. I think youth development is, is important to any coach uh, uh, as, as for himself as a development as well. Uh, and, and finding these kids, you know, what's got the ability uh, and pushing them to uh, produce uh, the goods and, and, to, and to come through to play first team football. And, and it's the longevity of the club as well, you know, if, if you keep playing and, and keep buying players and buying players, Sooner or later, you're not going to get the kids at the club. You know, you're not going to get that longevity. No, it's a big thing. You know, it's a big thing for the boys. And you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a journey like you want to go on. You know, you know, you're, you're trying to emulate like they do in England. And, the FA Cup and, and uh, you know, be a bit of a giant killer, so to speak, you know. So that was a pretty well put together piece by Football New South Wales. Either way, any NPL one side is going to be a tough outing. Uh, so, but I'm sure we all wish Peter Willis aside the best of luck. Um, you'll, this that match, of course, Wednesday night, a few hours after. Hopefully, you're listening to this show. Uh, 7:30 p.m. Macedonia Park, five dollars to get in. And if you can't make it, Football New South Wales are live streaming the match with Adam Santarossa commentating. He's the commentator that you hear in the interview intervals uh, in between each segment on this show. So he he does a pretty good call. Anyway, let's move on to the round 11 preview of the Illawarra Mercury Premier League, starting with probably arguably the biggest match of the weekend, which is Albion Park White Eagles at home to Wollongong United. Albion Park had their first defeat of the season, going down 2-1 to top of the table Bulleye. That season dropped from second to fourth, which really shows how tight it is at the top of the table, uh, while Wollongong United beat Port Campbell one goal to nil thanks to a Nathan Lassie penalty. Uh, they're currently in third. Cal, how do you see this one going? Yeah, this is going to be a big game. I'm very interested to see how Albion Park recover. Like, they've lost their first match of the season, so how do they bounce back? How do they tackle that game? Um, but they're going up against United, who have won their last five games in the league. Like, they're a very informed team at the moment. And, like, honestly, I see this game being a nice tight draw. And the draw, interesting. We're going to be discussing Balambi, which are in the next part of the show, which is a similar situation. Um, so when you drop points, it is sort of hard to... After, when you drop points after a long long run where you haven't lost maybe it's you could stumble a bit Greg do you think um, Albion Park will be able to get it back on the horse and get a result here it's difficult to say because we played Albion Park early on this season I think it was round three um, and it's been a long time since then whereas we played Wollongong United only recently a couple of weeks ago and um, I think Wollongong United just just going on memory and, and just remembering the, the way they played against us I was really impressed and 
they have some fantastic individuals, some really, really good players who seem to be hitting form now. It looks like their their lineup is becoming a little more settled than maybe it was towards the start of the season, and that's always a benefit for the coach. So um, I do agree it's going to be a close game. I think Wollongong United might edge it. Yeah, I think that match against uh, against your boys, perhaps that second half is when things did start to click for them, and obviously they they clearly trudged through the match against Port Kembla, but when you when things are going for you, you get those 1-0 wins via, penal, via penalty goal, so I'm actually leaning towards an away win here as well. Uh, we'll move on to Picton against Fernhill. The, the Bush Pigs had a tough day out against Wollongong Olympic, losing it 9-0, which is the heaviest defeat of the season, while Fernhill are two points outside the top five after a 1-0 win over Coromel. Um, I'm going to be tipping the Foxes uh, to win this one. Picton will do well to cut, recover from that sort of defeat, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think that 9-0 loss has got to really hurt them. Um, and while this is a good chance for them to bounce back and show that they do still have you know, some fighting spirit, I think Fernhill have been impressive all season. If results go their way this weekend, they could be sitting in a playoff spot. So um, it's hard to tip anything but a Fernhill win here. Uh, um, what way would you I don't know. It's, it's difficult going to Picton. Um, you know, they're used to they're used to playing up there. The pitch is a little bit different to other pitches down here in the league. And I'm not so sure what happened on the weekend. Maybe that's just a blip in the radar. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what to make of that. Maybe they had a play sent off, a couple of players injured, unavailable. I'm I, not so sure. I was there for the first 20 minutes and because I, I had to pick up a couple of photos. But um, really, it was 4-0 inside the first 20. There was two penalties. And really, in that in that situation, you can sort of... A, you can not not accept but you can see how the goals are just sure it's it's around. easy it's easy for, for heads to drop and and for something to to, add, to snowball so to speak a, a score can rack up pretty quickly especially especially against Wollongong olympic team that has a lot of quality especially up top so um it could be it could be a tough day for fernhill i think picton is is still tough to break down i think they're still a pretty competitive unit and maybe i'll say it's a draw a draw is that, did you go draw in the first match as well? No. no I was... <laughs> anyway, all right, so uh, Fernhill win for mine, Fernhill win for Cal. Greg, you're going with the draw. We'll move on to the next game, Tarawana and Olympic. Another big match, sees fifth place taking on second. Uh, of course, Tarawana had that FFA Cup match midweek, um, and Olympic were on the positive end of that big win over Picton. Yusuke Ueda netted seven goals in that particular match, uh, and from my research, that's the most by any individual player uh, in one match, at least in the last decade. Um, Olympic, they're not going to win this this match by nine, but I'm pretty sure they should be able to get the job done against a blue side that uh, will only have a three-day turnaround. Wouldn't you say, Greg? The schedule is very congested for Tarawana, which makes it difficult, and by looks of things, Peter Willis has his set 11 so to speak and those players seem to play pretty regularly so if he's looking at using those 11 again then I'm sure it's starting to add up in saying that they're a very good 11 they they're doing very well in this in the in the league and in the cup they're doing well and I'm not so sure I, th- I think it'll be close Olympic quality and you can see they're they're banging in a lot of goals and they're still a tough team to, to break down they've got some good defenders maybe a tight Olympic win. Tight Olympic win, Cal. What say you? Yeah, I think if this was a game that wasn't being held a few days after a huge FFA Cup clash, it might be a different story. But I think Tara, they're just going to be, there's going to have that hangover about them, and they're going to have to, you know, work really hard, especially if they take it the full 120 in penalties on mm. Wednesday. 
Um, Olympic, they are a very good side, but I feel Tarawana have been playing well in the last few weeks. They did drop a point to uh, Winuna on the weekend, but I still think they're doing well enough, but I wouldn't put it past Olympic to grab this one in a close game. Yeah, so three uh, narrow Olympic wins for that one. I do think Tarawana, either way, the FFA Cup game goes. Uh, if they win, it'll be the elation of you know making it through to the national draw, which might distract them, or a defeat might... Um, momentarily uh, sort of uh, demoralise them. We'll move on to the last three games, which are the three Sunday matches. Port Kembla v Cringilla first up at Wetherill Park. Uh, Port were perhaps unfortunate to get anything out of that match against Wollongong United last weekend, while Cringilla lost the lead late on to your boys on Sunday. Uh, the Lions are without a win since round five. Um, can you see them picking up a result in this one, Greg? I wouldn't say it's impossible. They they took the lead twice against us. They have some very good uh, ball players. They have some some very good individuals. In saying that, Port is is Port Kembla. Uh, they're synonymous with working hard and being tough to break down and being a, a very cohesive unit. Um, it'll be a tough game. I'll say a draw. A draw, Cal. Yeah, I, I agree with Greg for a lot of that. It's it's going to be very hard for um, Cringilla to break down Port, especially Port. They've kind of been. I feel playing more cohesively in recent weeks and they've kind of solidified their spot in the mid-table, but they want to push for those playoff spots, whereas Cringilla, they're kind of at the risk of getting left behind from the playoff pack. Um, that being said, I think Port Kembla just have enough to tip it in their favour for this one. Yeah, I think since Port Kembla are they're a bit closer to the top five places, I feel they're, they're going to edge this one out. And I think Cringilla, you know, a couple more results going against them might I see their finals finals aspirations sort of go by the wayside. Um, so the second last game, Coromore and Bulleye. Coromore have been pretty, uh, have had a fairly Jekyll and Hyde season uh, so far. Huge results against the big boys. A draw, um, a draw against Wollongong Olympic, beating Wollongong United, where they've gone down to a couple of the bottom sides. Um, Winuna, Fernil, Fernil, who are mid table, but still Coromore. At least I tip Coromore to win. Um, given their track record, you could probably see a Coromel 1-0 win here, but uh, I think Bulleye should be too too uh, good for this one. Yeah, well, I mean, football's a funny sport, and you know, anything can happen on the day. But they haven't won a game in four matches, I think, and they've only picked up one point in that space. So it's going to be a big ask for them to go to Bulleye, uh, to, to, you know, take anything from Bulleye. Um, and Bulleye, now that they're two points on clear at top of the table, they want to consolidate that top spot. I think they have the quality about them to grab a win here. Yeah, and the concern for Coromel is that they, in the, that run, they haven't scored a goal. So in the, the four, last four league games, against Olympic, defensively, they were really, really, really good. Uh, I mentioned last week I was impressed with Jason Zufik, Daniel Akaba and goals played really well. Fleming uh, couldn't be beaten beaten by Ueda, who, as we mentioned, is a fantastic player. So defensively, they're fairly well set up, but goals is a concern, and goals is not a concern for Bulleye. So do you think Bulleye wins this one, Greg? I, if, if you look at uh, maybe the form of the two teams, then then you would you would tip Bulleye. They had a good win against Albion Park on the weekend by the looks of things, and, and Coromel, on the other hand, maybe a, a, something they weren't expecting, a disappointing loss. and. Like you mentioned, um, some really positive results, um, and then the opposite, some results they maybe weren't expecting. Um, if they're able to keep it tight, if they're able to hang in there for as long as they can, then then it's possible they get a result. But the way Bulleye's been playing, um, you know, the way they play their three at the back and they just dominate possession, uh, it could be a tough afternoon for Coromel, but uh, I would 
I would have to tip Bulai here. Mm, mm. Um, and I don't think Coram will... I'm pretty sure Coram will have a one game at Memorial Park in the league, which is also a fairly big concern. I'm going to chuck this one on you, Greg, since we're nearly halfway through the season. Uh, you've got that top four that are sort of fighting it out at the moment. Who goes on to win the league? From the top four? You can go for Taylor. <laughs> I like, want to say South Coast United. Why not? <laughs> um, it be quite a story. Yeah, what a story. Um... <clears throat> of the top four, um, I mean, they all have their strengths and they they all do things differently very well. Um, I I really like Bulai. I like what they do, um, the way they keep possession, the way they're able to move the ball. Um, not only that, they can they can dominate uh, teams with possession. Uh, they can move between systems. I've seen them play four at the back. I've seen them play three at the back. Um, they've got some very intelligent players. I really like them a lot, but in saying that, you know, we've seen Olympic bang in a hell of a lot of goals. Wollongong United are a very difficult opponent as well, and um, Albion Park is still there, so it, it could go down to the wire yet again, similar to last season. But um, if I had to pick one, uh, I'm going to go with Bulai. Boy, interesting enough. Obviously, they lead the lead at league at the moment. And coming around uh, to the to the uh, home straight, they might, um, considering they only have to focus on the league, they could. Well, to be fair, all of them mm. actually know Wollongong United still have the cup, Olympics still have the cup. Well, the other three teams are in the Burbank Cup. Mm. Cal, um, I'm going to hold hold your prediction on who wins the league for next week. So we're going to move on to the last game, which is South Coast United at home to Winona. Well, at at Dandaloo sports ground at the very least. As we mentioned at the top of the show, South Coast United ended their nine-game losing run by picking up their first point of the season. Wanuna, though they are undefeated in their last four in all competitions, including three clean sheets, which is obviously the key, to, a big a big part in getting those points. Their latest was a nil-nil draw with Tarawana. Um, I believe you were at that match. Mm. Um, how do you go about getting a result against a somewhat resurgent Sharky side? Oh, very much resurgent. Um... They were in a very similar situation to us up until a couple of weeks ago and um, they've picked up a few results and all of a sudden I'm sure the attitude is different at training, players are more confident now, um, they're able to play a little bit more football and it's going to be very difficult. Uh, we conceded six goals against Tarawana in the league and, and a week later um, Wununa were able to, to hold them scoreless So um, and like you said a couple of clean sheets in a row. So. They're going to be very, very difficult to break down. They're led by Chris Gibson at the back, who is a very consistent performer for them. And um, yeah, it looks like looks like they've turned a corner. So uh, we're going to have to keep it tight as well. We're going to have to work really hard to break them down. Um, but I'm looking forward to it, and I think the players are looking forward to it now. So after the result we picked up, so um, we've got to be defensively solid. We've got to try and keep a clean sheet. We've got to stay in the game as long as possible. And, and if we can do that. We can create a few chances um, on set pieces. I think we're, we're fairly dangerous as well. So um, I, I think we're we're definitely looking forward to it. Mm. And um, obviously, you've been in and out of McLennan to Dandaloo this season. Is is what's a lot? What's the main differences between playing at different venues? Yeah, it's um, it's something that I've never experienced before, and um, it's just a situation we'll put in. Be, because of you know the, the the upgrades that will happen to our facility, um, I'm used to playing at McLennan Park. I played there for a very very long time. Um, 
and it's my home, so to speak. So very, very well, you're comfortable probably there. Probably more more often than you are actually at home. <laughs> <so. laughs> it's a bit like that, yeah. But um, uh, no, Dandaloo is fantastic. It's a great surface. Anyone who's played there this year would understand how how, how nice it is to play there, and um, good for teams who want to try and play football because the surface is fantastic, and um, it suits us because we try and play as well. Um, I think the main difference is is I mean the location is is different obviously and the it's parking's just like, a concern. The, the park, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can get distracted by the pub as you come in, but um, it's learning those little subtleties. There's subtleties about McLennan Park um, that maybe we understand more than most, and um, you know, fact, in, environmental factors. I know that might sound strange, but the wind and and the angle of the sun at certain times of the year, and that's something that we've learnt over many years um, at Dandaloo. It's all it's all new to us, so. It's, it's basically a neutral venue. It's our home this year, but uh, there's still things we're trying to learn and, and, uh, and develop and understand how wide it is, where can we play. Um, but it's been great so far. I've got to say, I love going. I love just walking over the bridge. It's like a <laughs> unique experience. But, and I'll be going over that bridge on Sunday as well. So, but Cal, I want to get your uh, tip for this one. Yeah, I think this will be a, this will be a real close game, I think. Um, both sides, you know, played really well last week. Um, you know, got results that they may not have been expecting um the sharks have been doing real on the league i think honestly i think this could be a really tight draw um that being said i think there might just be enough in winuna don't hate me greg i think there might just be enough in winuna to get the result here but i hope you guys prove me wrong <laughs> <laughs> look at that side eye greg uh last question josh brooks uh he's got a few goals for you guys in yeah recent weeks, so i believe it was the equalizer on the weekend it was yeah probably arguably your best attacking talent last mm-hmm. year uh, he had i believe he had an injury at the start of the year is he yeah he's he's coming back now i think he's played our last four games, so it's, it's great to have him back. He makes a massive difference for us. He's he's intelligent. He's got great movement. He he understands the game. He can read the game very well. Uh, use both feet. He's technical. Uh, so it's good to have him back. And and with him in the lineup, and once I get some senior players back, who I've been without for a couple of weeks now, then I think uh, we'll be able to go on a bit of a roll. It's been difficult, um, a difficult start to the season without our senior players. Um, so once we get those boys back in the next two or three weeks, then I'm confident uh, we can start heading up the ladder. All right. Well, with that, that's a wrap of the preview of Round 11 of the Illawarra Mercury Premier League. Uh, Cal, you're staying around for the dis- District League section of the show. Uh, but first, first, because you're going to a Premier League match this weekend, where are you heading? <laughs> I always figure. I, you ask me every single time, and every single time I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna load my emails. Uh, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure it's. Yeah. So I'm heading to Albion Park White Eagles against Wollongong United at Terry Reserve on Saturday, as well as the FA Cup tomorrow night. You can edit all that, can't you? <laughs> it's gonna make it harder for you. <laughs> no, just beep it. Can you just beep it? Greg, thanks for coming in. Thanks, Best mate. Yeah, the cheers. Thank you. Still going. Can he provide the service? Gets to the byline. Cuts it back. Here's a great chance, and they have come flying out of the box. South Coast Flame returned to Cream Park on Saturday to host Herseville FC. It was a pretty tight affair, however, the visitors struck in the 90th minute to win the match two goals to one. Captain and goalkeeper Matt White had a solid showing, and here is what he had to say after the match. 
now I'm with a South Coast Flame first grade captain and goalkeeper Matt White. It was a quite a heartbreaking way to go down to Hurstville today, losing 2-1, considering the final goal in uh, extra time. Yeah, very disappointing to go go down the way we did. Um, I guess you could say it was a bit of a controversial call, but um, you know we had our chances and. Uh, what it comes down to is we need to take those chances when, when they when they arise. Um, we're very unlucky today, and I think at the least we definitely deserved a point. There was a lot of positive play, especially in the first half. Do you think that sort of carried on from the three points we picked up last week? Yeah, look, today we started the best we've started all year, like almost having a goal um, in the first minute of the game. If it wasn't for a nice save from their goalkeeper, we would have been one nil up. Um, but yeah, you know, we started well, but that's got to go through for the whole 90 minutes, and it just didn't happen today. And Lewis Connell, of course, he scored the match winner last week. He scored the first goal this week, which was a nice set play with him and uh, Matt Mazeski. Uh, he seems fairly lively. Is he adding a lot to the uh, the lineup? Yeah, I'm very happy with Lewis and what he adds to our side. Um, his pace is, um, you know, it, it's second to none. He gets in behind defenders and. He causes havoc at the, havoc for the other side's backline. Um, very nice set play today, um, and a nice finish from Lewis today. So, as I said, very happy with him, and um, hopefully he keeps going for us. The under-18s led 2-1 at the break before drawing 2-all, while the under-20s were able to overcome a resilient Hurstville side to secure a 1-0 win. On Tuesday night, the under-20 side also played out the rest of their round Eight match with Nepean. Unfortunately, they went down three goals to nil. Here is their coach, Neil Maneff, after the match. Now with Flame, under-20s coach Neil Maneff after the side's 3-0 defeat to Nepean. Obviously, this was a postponed match. The first half of this match, uh, you were quite happy with how they were going. Uh, obviously, the, st- the last seven minutes of the second of the second half, which was played tonight, uh, Seku gets sent off. And from that point, just couldn't retain the ball and couldn't build any pressure. Yeah, it's, I think it's a bit of a learning experience, especially with the young lads. Um, I, I said to them after the game, well, 10 men, best team in the comp. It's not good enough to accept just a loss. Um, we could have played our possession game football, and when they did towards the end of the half, of the second half, we had opportunities. So uh, realistically, we're just going to take that as a learning experience and build from that. It's, it is uh, hard to take considering um, we were very competitive you know, with our 11 men on the park. Um, but we'll just move on from that. Do you think because of the awkward circumstances, considering there was four or five changes from the weekend's lineup uh, coming to this one? Yeah, you sort of uh, get what I'm saying. Yeah, cohesion. Yeah, yeah something along yeah. those lines. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to take any, any, anything as an excuse. Um, t- to me, uh, if, if we lose under any circumstance, there's always a reason for it. I'm not going to cop the fact that we've changed players. We've got a squad. Um, we've interchanged plenty of times before. Uh, there's no reason why one of the boys can't step in and we do our jobs, we all know our tasks. So I've got to learn from it, try and improve on, on that focus, uh, get the boys back up to where they need to be and we'll just move on and continue on. Yeah, long way to go. And you're aiming for expecting the three points and a positive effort on the weekend against Hurstville Minotaurs? Yeah, don't turn up to get anything less. Today was the same. You're always good with those answers, Neil. Mm-hmm. Unlucky. Thanks, mate. This Saturday evening, Flame travel to St George Stadium to take on the other Hurstville outfit, the Minotaurs. First grade match kicks off at 7pm. You can stay up to date with the side by liking them on Facebook and follow the side at SC Flame FC on Twitter. 
Well, Troy's going to try it from distance. What a goal this would be. It's oh, absolutely unbelievable. What a goal. Danny Troy from inside his own half. Now we will move on to the preview of round 11 of the WGC Cranes District League. And rejoining me is Football South Coast reporter Cal Berent. You were treated to quite a spectacle on Saturday. Yeah, Coniston and Balambi, a huge game in the District League. Both sides, we yet to drop any points going into that stage. Um, fantastic crowd, great advertisement for the District League, really. And what was your assessment of the game? And we'll talk about the teams uh, shortly, but uh, obviously finished 2-1. Uh, Coniston led 2-1 at halftime, 2-0 earlier on in the half. Uh, Hero, Hero uh, Kowanaki was probably, probably the man of the match on the day yeah he had an absolute blinder and he was instrumental in both of Coniston's goals um, Coniston probably could have had a few more if a few chances went their way I know Dinko Terzic got close about three times with long range efforts that uh, beat Nathan Campbell but they just couldn't get they couldn't get in um, for Belanvi I don't think it was I just don't think it was their day um, they just made a lot of misplaced passes and a lot of turnovers that kind of hurt them towards the end um, but yeah, it was it was a really really tense game. On a different day, it could have been a completely different match. Mm. I was only there for about half an hour, forty minutes, and it seemed as if Balambi were just a bit sort of shell shocked, really. Yeah, I think because they had only conceded two goals going into that game, and then within twenty minutes they'd conceded two. I think that that hit them hard. Um, and although they did try and come back into the match, like Tim O'Brien netted in the thirty second minute, I think. It was just, you know, um, being hit that hard that early kind of, I think, really pushed them and then they didn't know what to do with themselves. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and we'll move on to the preview. The first game involves the winners of that match. Coniston travelling up to Helensburg, uh, travelling Rex Jackson Park, of course. I gave their coach, Rodney Williams, a call to discuss how the season's going so far, the weekend's win over Balambi, and this match against the Berg. So on the line, I'm joined by Coniston coach Rod Williams. First of all, huge result for your side on the weekend, a 2-1 win over title rivals Balambi. I caught about 40 minutes of that match, um, and you probably could have had one or two more in that period alone, but regardless, I'm sure uh, that yourself and the club are really stoked to be top of the table. Yeah, look, I think um, it's still only round 10, Dylan. There's still, uh, what did I say, another 12 rounds. So that's... Um you know, uh, 30-odd points uh, left. But, yeah, look, it was a great game. I, I thought Blandy, uh come out hard, um, you know, early. Uh, we did have that four or five early opportunities, I thought, in the first 25, 30 minutes. Um, and I think it really rattled Blandy. Um, but I think people have made, made plenty of reference to the fact that they've only conceded a couple of goals. And um, I don't think they've been under that sort of pressure. Um, but, look, I was a little bit disappointed going to halftime with the score being 2-1. Um, I thought, you know, we would have been good for three or four. But, um Mate, football's an unpredictable game, and it wasn't to be. And credit to them, mate, they come back very strong in the second half, and they're a well-coached unit with um, the two playing boys there. And I imagine you're more concerned with the results, but from a club perspective, you must have been pretty happy to see so many people packed into JJ Kelly to watch the match. A pretty unprecedented for a second division clash. Yeah, look, um, that's the second time we had the SFA Cup uh, game against Bulleye, which was uh, a phenomenal advertisement for uh, football. Um, on the weekend, again, as proud as punch to see that many local people um, and some obviously neutral people, some of the old boys there from um, you know, Balambi and, and obviously Coniston. And uh, I think John and uh, a lot of the committee had uh, really um, tried their best to uh, to get that game out there. But, um, it was, yeah, it was great to see so many people there. And um, it was a phenomenal day. I think they sold out of the... Uh, Pretty much everything. Um, yeah, it was a good advertisement for football and reminded me back in the day of um, you know the South Coast um, United or South Coast Croatia Allison days. Mm. 
Well, it could be a few more interesting tussles between the two sides before the season's out. Hopefully some big crowds. What I, what I notice is how many people from Premier League clubs that have decided to come and watch this instead of other Premier League games, which is uh, quite, quite saying something in its, in itself. I want to ask you about your number seven hero, Koenuki. Uh, for, for mine and probably for a lot of people, we picked up man of the match honours. Um, he got a goal and assist. Fantastic individual talent. He seems to add a lot to your side, and uh, he seems to have fit in well with the teammates considering the celebrations after the second goal. Yeah, look, I mean, Hero is an absolutely delightful character, um, a great footballer and a, and a great person to coach. Um, to be honest, look, we've got the three Japanese lads there. Um, you've got Hiroaki, you've got uh, Taka, and you've got um, Koei. Um, mate, all three uh, are great, uh, humble human beings, but uh, furthermore, they're, they're great footballers and... Um, you know, you've got you've got a lot there doing. You've got the Mark Picciolini's, the Dinko Terzic, the you know the, the Mac Cooters, the Julian Cespedes, like Ben McGuinness in goal. Now you can go right through the side. Everybody from player one to sixteen or seventeen, um, mate, it's all played a part. And you know, and that's one thing I say to the boys that you know, when when people target, whether it be Mark Picciolini or Dinko or, or Hero, you've got so many other people. Frank Piero, the captain, what what a what a great leader. You know, you've got so many people there that can can hurt you on their day. Um, so, yeah, it's great to see. Looking ahead to this weekend's game, the last of the round one fixtures, a trip up to Helensburg. Given that there was so much hype around the Balambi match, are you concerned uh, your boys could be a little complacent heading into this one? Mate, uh, they're never, never complacent. I think my biggest bloody worry is the um, the uh, annual pub crawl. Um, you know, and as you do last year, it was a, it was a bit of a, a fixture where, unfortunately, the two young lads had... Uh, Passed away. I attended that um, with last year's coach um, Willie Alicon, who's obviously doing a great job with the youth team. But uh, mate, that was a very touching moment. In, in, and I've been involved in a lot of football um, over the last ten years. But um, yeah, look, it's a very tough place to go. There again, a very well coached side with Brad Boardman. Got a lot of good young players in there. You know the Van Zyl boys and Cuthbertson. And um, I did hear the captain got a bit of a knock and, and got injured on the weekend. And he's a good player as well, mate. It's, Look, anybody on their day, you know, with the top four or five sides can really um, can really hurt each other. So you you take um, you take things lenient at your peril, I think, in this league. Well, I think the uh, pub crawl will be a, a lot sweeter if you have the three points in the bag uh, heading home. But Rod Williams, thank you for your time and best of luck for the weekend. Uh, thank you very much, Dylan, and uh, great job you did, mate. Thank you very much. Helmsburg, of course, beat Coniston in the preseason cup final. Coniston beat. Uh, Helensburg in the FFA Cup. Um, so, Cal, who gets the uh, result the third time around? Yeah, this is an interesting game. Um, it's been, I think, a couple of months since they last faced each other when Helensburg lost to Coniston. I'm pretty FFA sure it was back-to-back. Yeah, they were, they were were very close within the space of a week or two, I think. Um, and, you know, with Coniston doing as well as they are in the league, it's going to be very tough for Helensburg to um, get a result here. But, you know, the Thistle, they haven't lost in six league games, and they've been playing very well. Um, even, you know, they beat, knocked out Port Kembler and Burt Bampton Cup in a really entertaining match. Um, but Coniston, now that they have that lead, I think they've got three points over Balambi. They want to consolidate that lead, potentially build it. And beating Helensburg, which I think they'll just be able to do here, um, will be a great start. So I'm going to I'm gonna put it out there now. Can uh, Coniston go the rest of the season undefeated? That's always who. That's a very good question. The Balambi game was the concern. I tip Coniston every week. I think they can do it. What do you, what do you reckon? I think you have to look at like even with 
top football teams, like people talking about Man City months ago, going full season unbeaten. It's very hard to do. Um, but, you know, Coniston, they've, they've been playing real on the league this season. It's going to be a big ask for them. I think if th- there's another potential but slipping peel when they play Balambi in the return fixture. Um, but I, I could see them, you know, potentially not losing any games, but it's going to be a real challenge for them to do so. Yeah, and it'll be tough in the second half of the season where they're going up against tough sides that are pushing for the top five as well. Um, so, Coniston win, did you say? Yeah, I think Coniston have enough mm. to get it done here. Yeah. I'll actually be up up at this match. Uh, the first time I've been to Rex Jackson in about five years now. Uh, I know Rod and Vic, they're, they're doing really good things at Coniston. So, yeah, I'll be tipping Coniston to go 11 from 11 in this one. Next up, Shell Cove against Rorilla at uh, Barrick Heights. Uh, the Cove, they lost, they've lost their last three. They sit in eighth while Rorilla got uh, back in the winner's circle with a 2-1 win over the books. Uh, they're in fifth. I could see this one finishing as a draw, but I'll probably be tipping Barney King's men in this one. Yeah, this is another interesting fixture. I think Shell Cove have been... They were a little bit inconsistent at the start of the season, but now they haven't picked up a win in, I think, four or five games. It's been a while uh, between drinks when they beat Berkeley. Um, but Warilla, they've been very hit and miss this season as well. They're doing enough to sit in fifth, but, you know... They lost 4-2 to Thrall a couple of weeks ago. They did win last weekend against Uni. Um, it's going to be it's going to be a, quite a game. I think Warilla will get it done, though, um, in the end. I think they have enough quality about them to see off Shell Cove. Yeah, so two away wins there. The next match is, is probably, along with Helensburg and Coniston, I'd say pretty level for match of the round, which is Balambi at home to Thrall. Uh, do you think Balambi will be able to bounce back from their first defeat of the season against the Thunderside, who have scored eight goals in their last two matches? Yeah, this is a really interesting game. I think this is a really interesting round as well, just as a side note. We've got first versus fourth and second versus third. Um, so, you know, big round of fixtures up in the District League. But I think it's going to be a big ask for Balambi to, you know, come back and get a result against Cyril, especially, you know, they've lost that first game of the season. They, they're kind of a little bit shell-shocked, I think. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not saying that they're going to completely fall apart, but I think they have enough quality about it to get a result here. But Thoreau, I've been really impressed with how well they've been playing the last two weeks. Eight goals. Um, they've been playing really well. They played really well against Rillo when I went to them a couple of weeks ago. Um, they've been, yeah, it's a good side. You take the uni result out of it. They've had a phenomenal season, and they're, I think, within touching distance of the top two sides. Yeah, they're, well, they're only six points behind. If they beat the Lambie again, then it's three points behind second place, and then they'll be in a real shout for that top two spot. Um, that being said, I think Balambi, they're going to be able to recover from losing 2-1 to Coniston. I think they have enough quality to get a result, and they'll have the fire. They'll want to push back on and, and keep touch with Coniston rather than drop off further off the pace. Mm-hmm. I do tend to think that after long winning runs, um, when they do lose, I, I recall Brisbane Raw when they won about 30-odd, or were undefeated in 30-odd games, and then they lost, I think, three in a row. I don't think Balambi will lose this match, but... Um, the tips could change, so my tip might end up being Balambi, but I'm actually going to say a, a draw at the moment, which um, it'll move us on to our next match. Probably a little less glamour about this one. Kayama against Baugauni down at the quarry. Ninth v. Six. Uh, Kayama had a 1-1 draw with last place to Unidera last weekend, while Bally had a 3-2 defeat at home to the Berg. Uh, I'm going to go for the Rangers in this one, which will keep them in touching distance with the top five. Yeah, Bagani is um, a little bit of a rough streak. They've been a little bit sliding down the ladder since their great start to the season. Um, but, you know, Kayama, they're 
be disappointed that they drop points too to Unendera um, in that one all draw. But they've been chugging along mid table after some decent performances in the last couple of weeks. That being said, I think Dalgauni have enough to get it done. I think they'll get the win here. Yep, and this penultimate game, Oak Flats at home to Unidera. Oak Flats had their third win on, on the spin, 3 0 over Berkeley, while Unidera doubled their points tally with a draw with Kayama. Uh, I gave Falcons coach Mark Vinton a call to have a chat about his side's turnaround in form. Let's have a listen to that. On the line, I'm joined by Mark Vinton, the coach of the Oak Flats Falcons. Your boys have finally got things going with three wins on the spin, which was preceded by a 4-4 draw with Helensburg. Uh, you're still a couple of results outside the top five, but you must be uh, pretty glad to get a wriggle on. Yeah, absolutely, Dylan. Uh, it was a slow start to the season for us. We, we were actually playing quite well in the early games, but um, I guess a combination of not taking our chances and uh, conceding some, uh, some silly goals... Uh, did cost us. Uh, if I take the first game against Belgaoni, for example, I thought we dominated uh, most of the game, but um, could only score one goal and, and allow Belgaoni to uh, to get us on the break a couple of times in the second half. So, and then after a couple of games, a combination of um, injuries and holidays and work commitments just meant that we weren't able to, to put our best team on the field for a few games. But uh, in the last month, uh, we finally got everybody on board and. Uh, starting to, to get some decent results. The Falcons had a pretty slow start last season as well, but obviously you click, you managed to get into that top five. Uh, you're still a way off net uh, as we speak, but does that provide some encouragement that there's still opportunity of playing finals football this year? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, the fact that we've picked up points over the last four games has been important. Uh, without that, uh, it would have been a difficult task. But uh, yeah, we're still a few points behind, but uh, we feel that if uh, we can keep squad intact for the next month or so we, we can uh, start to close that gap and, uh, and hopefully pick up points in the second round that we weren't able to in the first round. And there was a fair bit of turnover at Keith Bond over the summer, and one of the big ins was uh, Jack Madgewick. Uh, from all reports, he's been linking up really well with the likes of uh, Daniel Manila and co. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Jack's been a, a really good pickup. Um, but again, Jack's been uh, unfortunately quite played by a bit of a, an Achilles injury, so he hasn't played every game. But certainly when he does play, he, um, he adds a, a, that bit of quality to the, the squad. He's got that ability to, to beat a player, uh, and he also scores his fair share of goals. So yeah, Jack's been a, a really good pickup for us. And... This weekend, you've placed you faced bottom placed Unendera. Uh, they caught Shelcove and Kiama out in recent weeks. How important is it for your side to avoid uh, to pick up a win to avoid losing any momentum this weekend? Oh, it's, it's critical. It's the, the last game of the first round, and it's critical that we pick up another three points. We know it's not going to be easy. It seems that Unendera have picked up some new players in recent times, so uh, they've obviously strengthened and looking at the the recent results, um, they, they look like they're planning to turn the corner. So um, it's going to be a tough game for us, but it, it's absolutely critical that we pick the three points up this week. No worries. Well, Mark Vinton, best of luck for the weekend, and thanks for your time. Thanks, Dylan. So what way are you leaning for this one, Gal? Yeah, I think the Falcons have been putting together a really good run of results. They've netted, I think, 14 goals in the process, and they had that really good game against uh, the Sharks in the Burt Bampton Cup, which unfortunately they lost on penalties. Um, but they've been, they've been chugging along really quietly and under the radar of a lot of uh, people recently in the last couple of weeks. Whereas um, Unendera, they did get a point last round, but you know they've only got two points all season. They've been, they've been struggling 
Um, but you know, hopefully that draw that they got against Cam is a good step. That being said, I think Oak Flats will get the win here and they'll they'll keep their good run going. Yes, as as Mark mentioned in in our chat, there the likes of Jack Madwick, um, Daniel Mignola, who I mentioned, they they've got some good players and they will be looking to make a finals push now. Unidara doesn't look too good for them at the moment because depending on how results go, they could be cut adrift after this weekend. Uh, so I'll, I'll be, be leaning towards a home win in this one. Moving on to the last game, Berkeley against University. Uh, and really it's last and unfortunately for these sides least. Uh, Berkeley 11th, Uni 10th. A defeat for the Goats would cut themselves and the Hearts at least at six points adrift while a win would move them within a point of the students. Uh, what way are you going to go in this one? Yeah, this is another interesting game. Berkeley, they've only got three points this season, which they got in the first match day against Unidera, and then they haven't got anything since, and they've only scored five goals in the process. Um, so they've really got a problem, you know, netting up front. Whereas Uni, they've, they've been a little bit hit and miss. They've got some good results. They've got some bad results. Um, but they'd want to be, you know, putting on a push and getting away from that bottom two, and I think they'll be able to do it against Berkeley here. Yeah, Uni... They've only narrowly lost their last two games, 2-1, two, 2-1. One, two, one. Uh, so I'll be tipping a uni win here. Um, which, it's disappointing for Berkeley. I know a lot of things have, a lot of, a lot of really bad injuries, a few suspensions has really cost them, but they've probably been my biggest disappointment of the season so far. Because uh, I saw them as dark horses for making a push for the finals. But uh, we'll see how they go in this one. Um, and with that, that wraps up our preview of round 11 of the WGC Cranes District League, uh, and to think that after this weekend, we'll be halfway through the season, Cal. It's gone so fast. Thanks for coming in, mate. No worries, thanks for having me. Saya, not a bad effort! In the second! Well, we've been treated to some special goals this afternoon, and Amy Saya has our third. Canberra United have the lead. It is 2-1. Before we finish the show, let's go over last weekend's results in the Builders Club Women's Division 1. Last Wednesday night, Albion Park beat Kayama 2-0 and Uni came from behind to beat Wanuna 3 goals to 2. On Sunday in Round 8, Kayama had a solid 2-0 win over Balgowni. Wanuna downed through 4 goals to 0. Albion Park knocked off Russellvale 3-0 and Uni were the big winners beating Fernhill 9 goals to 0. Perhaps the match of round nine is at the quarry with Kayama hosting Russellvale, while Uni host Thoreau and Wanuna visit Fern Hill. Albion Park and Balgowni won't be involved in the Women's Division 1 this weekend as Albion Park have their State Cup Round 16 match against Avalon up at Cromer Park in Manly, so best of luck to them. One more week until we're at the halfway point in the regular season, so it's sure to be a bumper week as always. Best of luck to Tarawana, the men's side, and the Albion Park women's side in their respective state competitions. Make sure you stay up to date with all the happenings by liking Football South Coast Match Center on Facebook and following at FSE underscore official on Twitter. That brings us to an end of this week's show. My name is Dylan Arvella. You can find me on Twitter at Dylan Arvella. And until next time, enjoy the football. Hey.